right, everybody, welcome to the program. It's called Hip Politics. And just like the song, Sky's the Limit, you know what it is. This is the free speech zone. You can say anything you want, any way you want to say it. So glad you guys were able to join us for another Thursday. Got a hot, hot program tonight. And if you want to interact with us, you can give us a call, 805-292-0337. For all you people that uh, are not shy and you want to come on the air, you have to push option one and you get uh, the super producer, CDJ Live himself, will come on and ask you your name and some other pertinent information. And... uh, We'll get you on the air for your question or your comment because we are going to definitely need your help this evening. So, those of you that do not want to come on the air, you just want to chat it up, meet me in the chat room, okay? Uh, All you got to do is, you know, put up a username and password on the site and, um, you know, we'll make it happen. I'll read your questions, comments, so on and so forth. And, you know, we will go from there. So I'm looking forward to this tonight. We've got number one guest coming up, uh, author of a book called The Reaper, Nicholas Irvin. So it's a sniper. 33 kills. Confirmed. That means he probably had some more. Unconfirmed. So he'll be here. We're going to talk about, um, you know, we want to talk about uh, what it was like, life as a sniper, killing people. Interesting. No. Um, then we've got a relationship problem tonight. My girl Stephanie is going to be here. We're going to talk about her problems in her relationship. You know, what is going on? Uh, you know, I hear so many people and issues that they're having in relationships, particularly women. Uh, usually men do not complain too much about a relationship or uh, things going awry. There, there, there are those times, though, but uh, it's mostly women. Can't find guys to act right. And so... You know, we're going to talk to Stephanie because she's got some drama, some craziness going on. want to definitely hear from you guys with some advice. you got to give her a call, 805-292-0337. And, but before we get to all that, woke up this morning and had this, this thought just going through my mind this morning. It was really, I don't know, it was really pressing on me, you know. And, um, you know, I, I, I guess, I, well, first of all, let me back up. I've been doing this smoothie cleanse, right? So it's a 10-day smoothie cleanse, or you can drink a smoothies. You can eat, you know, lettuce and cucumbers and, you know, fruit or what have you. Nothing cooked, though. Uh, well, you can eat a hard-boiled egg here and there, so I've been doing that, too. But so, you know, one of the things that I've thought about during this cleanse, my mind has been, I have to admit, my mind has been clear. I'm a carnivore. I always eat meat. I can't think of a day in my life since these last 10 days when I have not eaten some sort of meat. I, I just, I, I never thought I could do it, but 10 days, this is the last day I'm happy. But a couple things crossed my mind as I've been going through this. And one has been um, all the people out there that are trying to do something with your life. You're doing something and you got all these negative Nellies, these naysayers, these people tell you what you can't do, why it's not good enough, why you're not doing it right, why they would do it better, this is how they would do it. And they do nothing. They do absolutely nothing. And... You have to hear this, and their energy just gets sucked into yours. And and you know what happens? It's a downer. It sucks you dry. You know, it, it, it screws with your confidence. It, you know, it puts doubts in your mind. 
um, you know, and, and it, it stops you or it, it paralyzes us sometimes from being able to move forward. So I put this thought out there on Facebook. And when you put things out on Facebook, you never know what, exactly what you're going to get. But I put the thought out this morning basically telling people it doesn't matter what other people say or think. Don't let them distract you from your destiny. So if there's something that you believe in, that you want to do, that you are doing, screw what anybody else has to say about it. Forget it. Don't listen to them. Because usually the people that are talking, they're not doing anything else. They're talkers. They're not doers. You are doing what you do because you're a doer, because you're not scared, because you don't let fear overcome you, overtake you. So remember that, okay? Don't let them distract you. Be careful about who you let in your space, who you let in that energy field that's around you, because it really, really can affect us. Be careful what we put, what you put in. To your mind, your body, your soul, your spirit. I'm getting all this from the from the smoothie cleanse, I think, because I I wasn't thinking like this before. So there's got to be something to this cleanse, and I'm gonna try to stay healthy from there. But you know, I'm I'm happy for the clarity of thought. Okay, I I, I really really am, because even going through the smoothie cleanse, it, it had me think about something else. It had me think about how blessed I am and how blessed we are, because we actually get to make a choice. Do you know how many people around the world don't even get a chance to uh, have the opportunity to make a choice about food and meals and throw stuff away or maybe not? But I had a choice. I could I could come to my house and I could say, you know what, next 10 days, I'm going to go to the store. I'm going to buy vegetables. I'm going to buy fruit. I'm going to mix it up in my Nutribullet, my blender, and that's all I'm going to do. You know, I mean. Wow, there are so many people out there that don't have the choice. They would die for this smoothie that I basically want to throw away and give up. So think about how blessed we are too, guys, and as we move forward and as we think about uh, you know, our lives, you know, sometimes it's not as bad as what we think. So I am uh you know, I'm feeling good. I really am. I'm feeling good. I hope you're feeling good, too. I want to hear from you guys, 805-292-0337. Brownie, I see you in the chat room. You logged in, you logged out, you logged in, you logged out. Get back in there because we need your voice of reason, particularly for our second guest, Stephanie. Um, And I think you're going to find the first guest very, very interesting as well. Like I said, that's Nicholas Irvin. Um, he's called the Reaper. Um, this guy, this guy is, you know, something else, man. He's 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 serious. You know, he's a serious cat. So, you know, there's a few things I want to talk to him about. Obviously, I want to understand, you know, what that mentality is, you know. Um, you know, you're a sniper. You're killing people. I mean, are you haunted by that? Which I doubt. You know, he's trained. He's a military guy. I'm sure he sleeps fine at night. Um, I'm sure he's never even thought about it. But, you know, we'll hear from him. We'll talk about Chris Kyle's uh, book and the movie, Sniper. Why is it so controversial? Then I want to know about these insurgents that are over there. What are we really dealing with? Do we really know? So we're going to talk to him about all that stuff. But before that, we're going to take a break. We come back, uh, talk a little bit more, hear from you guys. Hear from Nicholas, get with Stephanie, 
and get with you guys. You're listening to Hip Politics. Warning! Free minds that give you the platform to let your voice be heard. Join the revolution. Follow us on Twitter and give us a like on Facebook. It's called Hip Politics. Just have a seat and listen to the way in What I am displaying A different kind of rapper language that I am saying To all the party people that it go but info When it comes to rocking parties I am a nympho Maniac, brainiac for doing my dancing My record make the music We'll put you in a trance and Transize your body and like it just a cardigan You won't be fighting the ill and you just be partying down With the funky town with yours truly I'm the original B.I.V. I'm okay I will the E and I aim to have fun
All right, everybody, welcome back. Little extended break there. 
Hope you enjoyed the music while you were going. You're listening to Hip Politics. Mark Jarrell, the Hip Politician, back with you. Man, talk about it, baby. Technical difficulties, but we overcame, we conquered, we're conquerors, we're winners, and we're back in the building. You can't keep us down. Here we go, everybody. Check this out. This is what we're going to do tonight. Nicholas had a major emergency, couldn't be with us. So, Nicholas, hope everything is cool, my man, and we will definitely catch you on the next time. So we're going to go right into our second segment, our relationship issue. Like I said at the top of the show, so a lot of times I, I talk to a lot of women all the time. And the most interesting piece of the conversations when we're not talking politics, it always intertwines and weaves back into relationships, right? And it always goes something like this, oh, you know, I met this guy and, you know, I can't tell if he likes me or not. I think he likes me. I think he doesn't. I, I, you know, I, I think he likes me. He doesn't really show it. Um, you know, what does it mean if he says this? What does it mean if he says that? You know, he acts kind of fishy. Sometimes I call, he picks up. Sometimes um, he won't. So, you know, it, it, it's always like that. And women, you guys perplex me. And, you know, I'm, and I'm keeping it totally real right here because I really don't get it sometimes. Um, you know, if a guy is interested, you'll know it, right? You'll know it. There shouldn't be a whole lot of ambiguity to that. Um, you know, most men, if they're not married, um, they have a lot of women probably. There's women outnumber men, and I mean, you know, and there's a lot of women looking, and men, we take advantage of that. So you have to know that. But anyway, we have somebody coming on right now. Uh, her name is Stephanie. And she has some uh, um, relationship issues and questions. And we want to hear from you guys. Um, so give us a call, 805-292-0337, once you hear what Stephanie's problems are, what her issues are. And um, we'll go from there. And, uh, you know, let's try to help her. And let's be serious about it, right? So just remember, everybody's at different stages, and so you never know. So let's be serious about it. Steph. Welcome to the program. How are you? Good. I'm good. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Listen, we got to get right into this, and we got a lot of time to talk, right? And yep. I know that you have a few issues, let's say, and questions about your relationship, about what's going on. So first of all, set, set it up, right? Tell us, tell us how long you've known this guy, first off. For two years. For two years. And yep. do you guys consider, do, do, do you consider him your boyfriend? I consider him my boyfriend, yeah. Um, we go off and on um, in the relationship and right. um, and stuff, but he's, he's cheap. Every time he, um, every time we go out, I got to pay for everything. Okay, okay. And, and you don't want to pay for the, nothing, and it it wears on the relationship because it's always me giving and, and never getting back anything. Right, so he's a taker, number one, right? Right. Does he have a job? I mean, is he you know is he working? Yeah, he's um, got what, a job. His, yeah, he's got a job, but I make more money than he does, and so I think that's why he you know thinks that I should pay. Okay, and and. So when you go out, you're paying. But t so tell me this though, like Christmas time, we got Valentine's Day coming up. 
I mean, does he get gifts for you? No, I mean, he, does, or, or is no it, he just ditches me around that time. He don't even want to bother with me. He, like, kind of, like, we break off the relationship. He does something to make me want to break off the relationship. Then he wants to get back after the holidays. After the holidays. Wow. So that yeah. so his pattern is, number one, he's a taker. He ditches you around the holidays. So has, in your two years, has he ever given you anything for a gift, birthday, Christmas, anything? No, no. He's bought a couple of meals. That's because I got really mad at him and stuff, but that was about it. Okay. And what, what I have to make going trips. I pay for everything. Wow. Wow. So where have you taken this guy? Where have you guys gone together on trips? We went to the beach, uh, went to the mountains. We went different places like that. And... Um, so that's basically where we went and, um, I always had to pay for everything and pay for the, he always off, he always was going to say, oh, I'm going to pay. And he never did. Really? So does he consider you his girlfriend? I mean, does he consider you guys in a relationship or, or no? He considers us dating, I guess you would say. I don't know boyfriend or girlfriend because he keeps changing the status quo every time. Right. One minute right. we're boyfriend and girlfriend, and next minute we're dating. Next minute we're friends of benefits. Next, you know, so it right. kind of confuses me. Right. So, what is it that makes you say that he's your boyfriend? Like, if if he if he uses everything other than you being a you being the girlfriend, what makes you use the term that's your boyfriend? Because we spend we I mean we spend like a lot of time together and stuff like that majority of the time and. Um, stuff like that. I mean, we're always together. Now, just recently we haven't been, but um, he wants to do start doing things again. But I told him that I don't want to um, go where we've been before, where I always got to pay for everything. I just it's not right. Mm-hmm. You know, I think guys take advantage of that because you know, like you said, there's more men than women, and there's more women out there than men, and you know. I don't know. But, okay, so you're saying you're always together. And you're together how? Like, you're always together but how? You're secretive. hanging out at the house? You know, he's stuff. secretive. He, when like I what? first met him, he, he lied about his age. He lied about his age, and then he also lied about his parents living where they were supposed to live. They actually lived in the same city. Found out by the Internet they actually lived where um, I live and um, not in the other um, city that he said they live. And I never met his, never met his um, family, um, never met his friends. I think I met one friend, but that was because I found out that the house that he owns, he doesn't really own it. The other person owns it. You've never met family. You've never met friends. You say you're always together. He's lied about where his parents are. He takes from you. He ditches you around the holidays. Doesn't want to pay for anything. And your dilemma would be what, Steph? What what would what would your dilemma be knowing everything that I just said to you? Everything that you just said about this quote unquote relationship, what would your dilemma be? Oh, I mean I don't know. I mean I I cared about the jerk. I don't know why. I mean, everybody told me that he's a loser and um, nobody wants him and stuff like that. 
all my friends tell me that I'm the only girl that would want him. Nobody else would want him. Um, you know, so, I mean, I guess maybe it's my self-esteem or something. Um, I don't know, but I really did care about him. He, he, um, ditched me under the bus a couple of times at work and stuff. What do you, what do you mean? um, What do you mean he ditched you under the bus at work? Well, we did work together in the same place. Um, and he got me in trouble a couple of times at work, and I had to go to the boss and got moved to different shifts because of him and stuff. And so, what you know, happened? I mean, text. tell us, tell us what happened. He I mean, what do you mean that he, he got you in trouble? Well, he just like would um, like start playing me at work, tell me, oh, that person's, that person's, um, you better watch that person. They they want me or something like that, and just like would start playing me at work and start trying to ruffle me and start um, just, like, doing little things to irritate me and stuff like that. And and then I would start talking about him, and then it got back to another person, and then it went back to my boss, and I wasn't really allowed to talk about him at work. And then um, all of a sudden, um, I'm here I am in this thing. I'm in the, um, like my boss's office and they gave me another chance that I almost got fired because of him because they showed a text that he showed a text message to one of the bosses and the boss went and told my boss and said such as and they believed me over him what did the text what did the text message say it just said oh I seen you um talking to such and such which I wasn't like making any big deal. He was just trying to get people in my department on his side to gang up on me, to make me look bad. Because mm-hmm. he wanted my money. He wanted, wanted me to spend money. more money on him. So he wanted you to spend more money. And all right, I'm a, I'm a little lost on, on that one. So, but basically, at work you had some issues, got into had problems with them. Your boss comes back to you, and so, and and he does this to you, and you still take him back. Yep, which I'm stupid. Now I'm on third shift because of him. Now you're on third shift because of him. I, I think I got enough. I, I think uh, I'm not sure if if any of the listeners if, if they've gotten enough yet. Of uh, you know, you can kind of see what's going on in, in this particular scenario. So, anybody, if you want to call in, um, you want to give me share your thoughts. Eight zero five two nine two zero three three seven. We've got an issue with Stephanie. I mean, there's so many places that I can take. There's so many places that I can go. Um, you know, one of the things that you mentioned, Stephanie, is you know, you you talked about self esteem, um, mm-hmm. and I think that's big. You know, I, I think that's big. Is this your first boyfriend or something? No, I've been. I was no. married before, so um, oh. no, it's not my first boyfriend. And um, all right, it's just I don't really, you know, I'm always working all the time and stuff, and I don't really get mm. time to um, mingle with people and stuff. So, um, so you just take the first guy, like this is just like the first guy that comes along, you guys. You know, I, I guess I, there's nothing that you said that makes him seem appealing at all. Like, you know, it. a lot of women have an excuse because it's like, okay, the guy's spending a ton of money on me, even though he's a cheater, he's a user, he spends a ton of money. 
or or what? I mean, is it you know the bedroom action? Is it you know what else? I mean, what could what is it? I mean, there's something that something that we're missing here. There's there's something that we're missing because I guarantee you, people are listening and saying this is really really crazy. Like I don't even understand why after everything she's saying, how she could still be with this guy. What are we missing? Yeah, give, give us the piece that we're missing. The real the real piece that we're missing here. I mean, there ain't really no piece. It's just every all my friends tell me that he's he's a jerk and they don't know why, you know, I'm the only person that even the people over at my job and say you're the only one that wants him, nobody else. No I can understand if it was somebody that, you know, gave you money and took you on a yacht, but you're talking about a guy right. that don't have nothing. Exactly. You know, everybody exactly. tells me the same thing. But right. I don't know why this guy is so prevalent in my life so so much. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why that, he that means sounds... so much to me. There's something about Yeah. No, I'm I'm with you. I don't I don't understand it. Here's what we're going to do. Let's take a break, Steph, real quick. Grab some water because we got a lot to talk about. I mean, there's, there's a lot more to this. I think we got to dig deeper. We peeled back a little bit of the onion. I know we, we talked a little bit about self-esteem. I, I think that's, that's definitely, you know, a biggie. Um, but we're going to have to, you know, we're going to have to give some hard talk about some hard truths here. Everybody listening to their politics, we're going to be right back. We're talking to Stephanie about our relationship. We'll be right back. And we have a real situation, a real issue tonight. Um, my friend Stephanie is here, and um, you know, God bless her. This is like, you know, this is this is really something. This is something that a lot of women are going through. This isn't just Stephanie issue, but a lot of women go through these things, right? So, Steph, before we went to break, we were saying, um, you know, all the things about this guy, your boyfriend you know, this this relationship, it doesn't seem like there's anything positive in this situation. When you guys are spending time, I mean, you're spending time doing what? You're just in the house, you go hang out, 
What what are you guys spending time at? When we go to the beach, we hang out. We go to you know the summertime. We walk on the you know. But I mean, you band. said you go on trips. Like I mean, go, to, go dancing. Yeah, but you go on trips. You go on trips. You know, but that you know that it seems like you're 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 the out of town girl though with, for this guy. It doesn't seem like you're the in town. I mean, when you're in town. Are you guys hanging out at, you going to the movies, you going to dinner, like what's the deal in No, town? I never went to the movies with him. He only, like we just okay. go out to dinner or he always keeps saying that he's going to take me to a hockey game and he's going to pay for it, but he never does. Right, right. I don't know. I mean, I this, like this one is, you like hockey, obviously he likes hockey too? Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I'm, I don't, I, I, you know what, this is. This is really, this is really, really interesting to me. Um, uh, you know, what is it about him that you like? Like, give me something that you I like about him. I think it's his charisma. Okay. I don't know. He's got okay. something with his personality that's really, you know, appealing. It's his charisma. Is he, I mean, is he super handsome? Is it, I mean, no, his charisma. No, not really. But it's, I mean, a lot of, no, I mean, he's not like. I mean, he's not like gorgeous. No, everybody don't think he's good. He, they, he's all right looking. He ain't bad looking, but you know, I think it's his personality, his charisma sometimes that can um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that make him more attractive. Right, right. I mean, everybody doesn't have to be, you know, you know super good looking. I mean, he's not right? like drop dead gorgeous or anything, or somebody that you gotcha. take a double take at or anything like that. Like, right. You know, but he is. Right. You know, he's not ugly. Okay. Okay, um, I, I I'm I'm still trying to 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 figure this out. I mean, but I do think that it you know it stems from um, I mean I really care about him and I really like to be with him mm-hmm. and I feel like I have to to be with him. In other words, you know, like you know I got to pay to be with him and you know, so I, mean, I never went to the movies, never went anywhere, I never you know, right. so I don't know. I got you. Hey, Steph, let's let's take a call. Let me, let me get um let me get Tasha from South Carolina to see um what her thoughts are. Tasha, what's up? Hey, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. You've been listening to this? Um, I heard the a, a little bit of it. I came in on the uh, part she is just saying that um you know he's not as attractive, I guess, as, as she would like. Yeah, yeah, but you so yeah. Well, no, she said like he he wasn't just drop that gorgeous, but you know, mm-hmm. um, I, I was trying to figure out what she liked about him, you know, and I was asking, you know, is he good looking? Because the guy's a taker. I mean, um, he lied to, he lied to her. He's a taker. He doesn't want to pay for anything. So I, I'm just trying to to figure out what is it that Stephanie likes about this guy why is she attracted to him i don't know um because he doesn't seem right for her obviously well um if he's uh, there are two types of people you know there are people who take and then there are people who give so he can only take what she allows him to take from her um Uh and he's only going to give her what she requires him to give so you know that's kind of a a catch twenty two. You know if she's yeah. not 
requiring him to do those things for her, then he's not going to willingly do it if that's not the type of man that he is. So, you know, if she allows it and she accepts it, then why not? He has the best of both worlds. He still gets to be with her. So what would what would happen him. if this guy, if, if you were in this situation, you had a guy who lies to you, um, you pay for everything whenever you're together, um, you never mm-hmm. met his family or friends, um, mm. you know, he just take you feel like, you know, you're paying to be with this guy. How would you handle the situation? I mean, tell tell Stephanie how you would handle the situation. It wouldn't be a situation because that wouldn't happen. Um, you have to set boundaries and or set expectations from a person. And for me, my expectations would be set from the beginning. It's not something that I would allow. And let's just say giving him benefit of the doubt, it starts off, you know, pretty normal, you know, getting to know him. Um, but as time went on, if I, I saw that um, the things that I feel like men should be um, required to do in courting a woman are not being met, and there's nothing but, okay. wrong with, with but dual Tosh, I, I got I, I get that. Stephanie, let me ask you this. what is this something that you want to ask Tasha and pertaining to um, your situation? No, I mean, he's just very manipulating. Um, that's, I mean, that's the reason why I did a lot of that stuff. He's very, he's very persuasive. I mean, he's very, um, he's, I mean, he's just not, I mean, everybody that meets him say that he's not like normal, like a normal type of a guy. He's just very, he's a good actor. He, he, he can portray something that's not, and, and it makes you want to do that thing for him. You know what I mean? It's just, it's hard to explain. Right. It makes no, he's a manipulator. I mean, it's not it's not hard to explain. You said it right. He's a manipulator. What what did you think about when when Tasha said about um setting boundaries with the guy? You know, what he can only do what you allow him to do. Right. And that's what I'm doing now after what, 2 years and stuff like that. He wanted to go somewhere um the other day and I told him no. I said I'm not going there. And he wanted to go and, um, where, where did he want to go? Where was it that he wanted to well, go? Well, he's to? got a he loves a casino, so he wants me to always pay money for him to go to the casino. Oh heck yeah! Who wouldn't? <laughs> if if somebody was going to pay for me to go to the casino, and you you finally said no, but how many times did you say yes before you finally said no? Right. Well, I said no more than one time, but I mean, then this mm-hmm. last time, he was like um, about a month ago. He was like we were going. Um, to the casino and then um he's like oh we're gonna spend time together we're gonna do this and stuff and he tried to persuade me and he's persuaded me out of um a couple hundred dollars you know I, but i spent a lot of money on him i spent probably like about how much would you say dollars. you'd say in, in your two-year relationship and, you spent uh, about five five grand on him now he's like huh you say you spent about five thousand dollars on him right in, in the two years, years you've known him. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So that that's basically like another bill, right? Yep. Yeah. So yeah, you, I think you he's basically got a, he definitely has got a gambling problem. Okay. All right. 
So you spend about $200 a month on this guy, in essence. Two hundred. Mm-hmm. Uh, it averages about $200 a month is what you spend. So, all right, right. I, I, I got to get a solution. Tosh, thanks for the call. I really appreciate it. I mean, what you said is, is spot on, and I, I think Steph heard you. And now, you know, I, I got to give you the real stuff. And, Tosh, I appreciate it. I, I got to give you the real stuff. So, one, this is not a relationship, okay? Mm-hmm. That's not a relationship. Relationship is give and take. Would you agree? I agree. It's not, there's nothing wrong with giving, you know. The other person has to want to give, too. If it's just one-sided, that's not a relationship. You know, there's, there's nothing, you know, there's nothing in it. If there's a whole lot of lying going on, you know, from this guy. Do you want to call this guy? Do you want to call him up? You no, want to get him on the line? You want to talk to him? Uh-uh. Right. No. We'll, get him, we'll, get him, we'll get him on the line. But anyway, there's, there's you know, the guy is lying, Okay. In two years, you've never met his family. That has to be a telltale sign, period. You've never met the family. Mm-mm. Like, that, again, that's not a relationship. Has he met your family? Yeah, he's met my um, my mom. Okay, so, yeah. My, my dad's that, not alive, so. Right, but that's what normal people do, right? They introduce, you know, if they're seeing yeah. somebody... They're seeing somebody, they, you know, like somebody. You know, of course, not on the first date, right? But after a while, you take them to meet your family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I think there's an I think there's an issue there. You know, not that I think. We gotta talk in some absolute terms here. And I and and this is one that's absolute. You know, this guy is selfish. Um he doesn't he cares about what you can do for him. Mm-hmm. That's what he cares about. You need to cut Thanks the faucet me. off. Yeah. Steph, you got to cut the well. Take Cut the faucet off. It's, it's, it's over. You know, you're not an ATM. You know, you're a woman who's working, who has, you know, possessions, material possessions, and you have, you have feelings, and you don't deserve to have your feelings, you know, played with. You know, you're not a toy. You're not a yo-yo. But you have to think enough of yourself to to know that. And one thing that you said earlier, and I think you really have to explore this point, is that there is a self-esteem issue here. Mm -hmm. That's true. There has to be. Because if you had a a higher self-esteem, there's no way that you could let someone treat you like this for such an extended period of time. I mean, in essence, the guy's abusing you, in essence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he used to call me Cougar because he's, like, what, three years younger than me? And so I would be, he used to call me, I was his Cougar. I was a, you know, and I was like, what? I mean, I'm only three years older than you. How can... And, and now, now he's yeah. calling you, now, and, and so he's calling you a Cougar because you're three years, three years older than him? Yeah. yeah. Does, he, does he have anything nice to say? Only when he wants something. <laughs> when he wants something. So this is the thing. So, yeah. so you see the pattern. So you see the patterns, though. You see. You see what yeah. the pattern is. You see what's going on. Yeah. I mean, you're cycle. not blind to it. No. So why have you allowed it to continue? That's what we need to figure out. 
Why I do you allow it? Because I feel like I'm getting older now, and I feel like you know today these guys out here want younger girls. You know what I mean? They don't want okay. somebody that's been there. You know, not that I'm old because I'm not, but I mean, I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't, you know. So I guess that's what I feel, you know. And I feel like there's more competition out there today than there was, like, say, 20 years ago. Yeah, but I, I, I don't. I, I get it, but I don't get it. Okay, I mean, there is more competition, but that doesn't mean that someone is allowed to um, blow your self-esteem, right? You don't lower no. your standards. You, you don't lower your standards and you don't allow people to come in and just do whatever they want to you because you feel like you may not find somebody now because of where you are, what your station in life is, you know? Right. You, you, well, I'm you starting should... to get stronger now because I told him no and stuff, and I blew up at him and stuff, and um, and then we didn't, we haven't hung out for, like, what, a month, and now we're just... We went out the other day, and that, and then he, we went Dutch for the first time, and um, and that was it. But I don't know, you know, he could just be doing that because he's trying to get back in my good graces. You know what I mean? Right, right. No, I got you. I got you. Um, let let me do this. Let me take a quick break, Steph. I mean, we come back. I mean, we gotta we gotta come to a couple solutions. Want to give you some steps to take so that uh, you can come back and report to us how things are going. Um, But let me take a quick break real quick. We'll come right back, wrap things up, give you some solutions, and move forward from there. Everybody listening to Hip Politics, Mark Jarrell, the Hip Politician. Give us a call, 805-292-0337. Bringing you the best guests and hottest topics. Hip Politics. Talk radio just got better. Alright guys, we're back. So interesting topic right here. I don't know. I guess I'm just a softy because, you know, my heart is breaking for Stephanie for real. So Steph, I, I you know, I gotta wrap this up. I got another you know, we got another segment to hit and but before we wrap this up, okay, um you heard from Tasha from South Carolina. She told you about setting boundaries and accepting certain things. Is that something that Correct. you think you can do? Is that something you think you can do moving forward? Yeah, I think I could do that. You got to drop this She gave this me guy. some good advice. Huh? Yeah. She did. She gave me some good advice. You got to drop this guy. This guy is no good for you. You know, I personally, 
you know, we're built for companionship. Everybody wants somebody in a relationship, but, geez, I mean, come on. You know, you named it all yourself. You think more of yourself than to put yourself through this. I mean, somebody just taken from you. I mean, would you allow your daughter to go through something like that? You wouldn't, would you? No, I would be upset. You'd be pissed. You'd be pissed. Mm -hmm. You know, so don't do that. I tell you, three things you got to do. Three things you have to do. One, you've got to build your self-esteem, right? You got to go talk to somebody about that. But you've got to build your self-esteem. Number two, you got to care about you more than you care about anybody else, okay? Mm -hmm. Three, you got to drop this guy very, very quickly, okay? He's not your friend. He doesn't like you. He's not interested in, in having a relationship. He's a taker. He's proven that, and you've said it. So knowing all of those things, you need to change course. Whatever you feel like you're going to do, do the exact opposite, okay? Don't do that. You say he's got all that charisma, just don't do it, all right? Yeah, I agree. All right. All right. All right. We need you to hang in there. We'll bring you back. We we got to figure out what's going on. You can do it. The longer it takes, the, the more time that goes by, the easier it will get. It's always hardest in the beginning. But change course. Love you more than you love him, for sure. Okay? Definitely, yes. All right, sweetie. I hope this helped you. All right. Thank you. All right, hon. Hang on. Thank you. All right, everybody. That's Stephanie. Wow. What a relationship. I got to take a quick break. I got the Reaper in the building. He's here. I got a lot to talk to him about. Um, I don't know. I'm sure he probably has some interesting uh, thoughts on uh, part of what he heard. But anyway, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back, bring Nick Irvin on. The Reaper, you're going to love it. 33 confirmed kills. Good, goodness gracious. Holy cow. And he's not even from Compton. All right, everybody. Take a quick break. We'll be right back. people we are back right now um i'll tell you what i've got a guy um who has uh helped us all to sleep better at night because of the job that he's done overseas um and uh i'll tell you what we've had a lot of controversy over this movie called sniper we've got a real sniper in the house nicholas irving welcome to hip politics my friend how are you Doing pretty good, not too bad. Good man, good. You know, I thought I, I didn't know we were gonna get you tonight. I'm I'm glad uh, you were able to make it. I know uh, some, 
You had a little technical difficulty, man, but I'm glad we got you. And, man, I, 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 gosh, bro, first of all, let's set it straight. You're you're not from Compton, right? No, I'm from uh, Maryland. (laughs) You're from Maryland. All right, all right. I just want to make sure, you know, when they, you know, we're, um, you know, I, I, you know, I've been putting it out there. You know, uh, you're a sniper, man. You are a sniper. 33 confirmed kills. So oh, yeah, no help, help me under help me understand this. In four months, that's a record, isn't it? Oh yeah, thirty three in four months. That was a record for the unit. I'm not sure uh, how many I have total. I think my first kill was eighteen, and uh, I became a sniper when I got those thirty three. That was in uh, see, I was going to say twenty four, but I had you know my killed my first guy when I was eighteen. Eighteen years old, you kill your first guy. Walk, walk me through. Walk us through what happened. This first one. Are you nervous? Are you sweating? Do you think you can do it? You can't. You've been shooting targets, and now it's the real deal. Take us there. What was it like? Oh, yeah. I was, well, I was a machine gunner, um, and we were in Iraq, my first deployment out there. Uh, we had a vehicle with the, uh, explosives in the back of the trunk, and it was you know, coming towards our vehicle and whatnot, and my commander told me to shoot the guy before he had, you know, had a chance to blow us up. Um, I kind of hesitated for a second. I wasn't sure if it was that easy to, you know, someone says, hey, kill this guy, and you just kill the guy. I wasn't sure if it mm-hmm. was uh, the process we had to go through, but I ended up shooting him uh, with a 50 cal machine gun, and I remember him uh, pretty much just, like, disintegrating inside the vehicle. And it was, uh, like, one of the most shocking things I've ever seen. The guy disintegrated basically inside the vehicle. Oh yeah, with the the bullets about five and a half inches long total. The part that hits you is about maybe about an inch long, inch and a half. And uh, when it hit him, I mean, he uh, he pretty much just disintegrated inside the vehicle. So so the fifty cal that that's the that that's the weapon that you see like on on Rambo or Schwarzenegger had, right? It it mounts up, oh, but than, you know they pulled yeah, it off. Than that. It's, yep, it's bigger than oh, that. Oh yeah, same thing. Yeah, it's almost the same wow. thing. It's a, uh, it's, it's right. used to take out tanks. Yep, so it's an anti-tank gun. Wow. Wow. And you shredded the guy up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, it, and, it, and so that's that's number one. Does it become mm-hmm. easier after that? Like, no hesitation after that? It's just like, shoot, boom, shoot, boom, kill, boom. You know, is it? does it become easier? Oh, yeah. The, uh, that was one of, I was I had that job uh, as a 50-cal machine gunner. On that deployment, because I have five deployments total. It was my last deployment when I got 33. The four deployments before that, I have no idea what that number was. But it was a uh, no. It became easier. I think it was more or less just uh, it, not people at that at that point. They were just uh, just uh, something that had to go. They were doing bad things to us and really didn't think mm-hmm. much of it. Right. So I, I said at the top of the show, I I I kind of posed this question that said. Um, you know, I wonder if, you know, he thinks about this and stuff like that. And I, and I answered my own question, and, and, but you're here to answer it now. I, I don't think you think about any of those. I don't think it bothers you. Do You sleep well at night, right? You sleep oh, yeah. fine. I don't, you don't, about, you don't, yeah, I don't think about anything. No, no definitely not. No. It, it's just, so it, it was more like, you know, for lack of a better word, I mean, obviously you're defending our freedom, which thank you very much for, sir. We appreciate that. Um, thank you. But... It, it, it's more of a job, right? It, it's, hey, this is, I'm paid to do this, and I'm going to do it. Exactly. These are bad guys. Yep. Yeah. And I, yeah, it was just a job at that point, and if I wanted to make it back home to see my family, 
hey, if it, if it involves killing someone, then that's just what I had to do. Yeah, yeah. But definitely no, so, no regrets about doing it. Yeah, you're not waking up in the middle of the night in a cold sweat, you know, and, you know, faces of the dead guys are flashing through your, oh, through no. your mind. <laughs> no, definitely not. Right, right. <laughs> so you kind of chuckled at that. But, you know, that, that's kind of the way the movies make it seem, you know, like, you know, everybody has this this uh, moral ambiguity when it comes to, you know, killing or, or what have you. Now, do you think this is, you know, for, for you, Nicholas, what, what was your life um, before the military? What, what, give, describe what you were before you went in and, and became a sniper. I wasn't the, I was, like, I guess, an average city boy kid. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't do really too, you know, I didn't do, do good in school. I graduated barely from high school with like a 1.7. Um, a lot of trouble. It was, uh, I was in fights after high school every single day. Um, my parents really? had to always come to the, oh yeah, parents had to come to the school to get me out of, you know, to escort me out. I was, you know, suspended a lot, been expelled. I, I was not the ideal, uh, you know, ideal type of schoolboy. Um, a lot of, right. yeah, in and out of trouble quite a bit. Um, yeah, I knew for a fact I was not going to, you know, make it to college or, become some big time lawyer or something like that that just wasn't wasn't in my cards but did you grow up around guns i mean were you you know did you you know were you you know what was uh you know what was that like did you grow up around guns or was military really your first you know real you know experience with weapons and things of that nature yeah i had a bb gun and most of my family uh lives in georgia so we would every summer go down to georgia and that's when we had the real guns, and, you know, we would go out there and hunt. I learned how to hunt there, so, I mean, shooting rabbits. Right. Uh, my granddad used to skin the rabbits and clean them and eat them and, you know, deer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've done all that. I've been, I guess, a yeah. good shot ever since I was in uh, middle school, elementary school. I was, I had my own first gun when I was 16. My dad gave me a shotgun. Um, okay. So I've always been comfortable around guns, oh, definitely. All right. And so you go, you go to basic training, and these guys say, "Man, this guy is something else with, with, with you know, with an M sixteen A one or A two, whatever you're shooting at that point." And and you just keep going through the ranks that way. No, no, it was uh, I was a pretty good shot. I always qualified expert, but um, they had no idea I wanted to be a sniper. I was after I went to airborne school, jumping out of planes and all that. Right. I went to the special operations unit. Um, started off with about 80 guys, and we graduated seven from that class. And that's when I had uh, I did four deployments, and then that's when I went to sniper school. I just pretty much put in the packet. So um, after yeah. my time was up and I went through all these different schools, I went through, I put in my packet to go to sniper school, and they gave us a little mental exam and talked to different psychiatrists and all that type of stuff. Uh, so in 2007 and 2000, almost 2008 is when I became an official sniper. So it's interesting. You you talk about, you know, they gave you the mental exam. Did they certify you crazy? I mean, do you have to be somewhat you, – you, you can't be – I mean, you, you've got to be somewhat abnormal on the scale. I mean, because the average person that's going to affect literally killing somebody, right? It, 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 I mean, mm-hmm. what, what, what's, the, what's the mentality that they're looking for in a slifer? Somebody that has a desensitivity to violence? I mean, what, what is it? Um, I'm not sure what they really look for. I don't. I mean, there yeah. are some guys who uh, who failed the mental test who are qualified as crazy. But like I said, I mean, we, we were <laughs> averaging, you know, uh, six deployments, seven deployments, and I mean, guys, right. every deployment we're killing people. But uh, 
you have to have some type of detachment, being able to uh, have like a right. detached from another person taking his life. I mean, we had all killed plenty of people way before we became snipers, but it was looking at someone, you know, through a scope, and you could see the color of their eyes and all that, and then pulling a trigger. You have to determine, right. um, you know, hey, I'm not going to kill this guy right now, but in about 30 minutes, I'm going to take his life. You got to be able to right. you know, disconnect from that. He's no longer, he's a human, but he's not a, uh, you don't really think about it. I don't know what they really look for in that quality right. trait, but it's it's just there. What what is it? Okay, so take us now. Let's let's go through now. Now you're a sniper, man. This is mm-hmm. this is so interesting, bro. You're you're a sniper now, and mm-hmm. you know you're, you're camped out. You know what's the what's the average distance that you're away from your targets? Most of the, I'm sure it varies, but what would you say most of the mm-hmm. time they want you to be how far away from your target? Uh, my average was around, I want to say, 450, 500 yards, but my longest that I've ever shot a man was just over half a mile. Half a mile. Half yeah, a freaking like mile. That. Oh, that was, that was, that well, was that's not even the, that, that's not the hard shots. Definitely not the hard one. That's not, that's not the hard one. What's the hard one? Oh, my longest shot on a steel target, uh, a human silhouette target, was 1.12 miles. One point one two miles. I think I saw that YouTube of you. Aren't you? On the YouTube, you're sitting next. You're you're next to another guy, right? Yep. yep. I saw that. I saw that That man. That gun was huge. That gun was huge. Wow. Yeah, that was the R three three eight. Yeah, one point one two miles. Wow. 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 So let let, okay now, but average. Average on a, on a human target is about four, 400, 500 yards, five football fields, everybody. Mm-hmm. So five football fields. You're looking at mm-hmm. these people through the scope. What is it about these people that make them a target? Like, you know, who identifies them and says, okay, are, are you looking at somebody in a house, that you know, that a house that you guys are looking at? Like, how does that come about? Well, they're everywhere. Um, they could be in a house. They could be outside. And usually I watch them and wait for them to, uh, shoot at one of our guys. I mean, I'm usually overwatching the uh, the guys mm. on the ground about to put like a, an explosive breach on the door and uh, go capture right. somebody who's still sleeping. And if at any point in time I see a guy uh, try to you know shoot one of our guys, and I would just watch him and take him out. Or I'm watching people in, you know through the windows in their houses, and when they come outside mm-hmm. of the door with an AK-47, is when I would you know take one of those guys out. Right. Right. Anybody was was there ever uh, somebody that was like, uh, dang, you know, not really sure, so I'm just gonna, you know, I'm just going for it. I I don't know, so I just got to kind of go oh, for it. Oh, definitely not. Oh, definitely not. Everybody I shot was uh, clearly uh, just a, a threat at that point. It was never a, really a guy who didn't have a gun. Oh yeah, they were either shooting at us, putting in IEDs, um, suicide vest attacking or trying to run after to a blocking position and blow themselves up. So they were always, mm-hmm. uh, you know, trying to kill us or whatnot. I've never shot a guy right. who was, at least I can remember, I don't ever recall shooting someone who was, uh, I had a bad decision or a uh, bad feeling about. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, no ambiguity whatsoever. You knew this is a, you know, this is a bad guy. Boom. I got him. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so let me ask you this: Do you think the average American understands what the bad guys are really like? Do you think you think as a public we really understand that? No, I don't. I mean, but there was a video that was released yesterday that would like sum everything up with that, and 
it was the uh, video of one of those ISIS guys, terrorists, um, setting another Jordanian pilot uh, on fire. Yeah. They put the guy yeah. inside of a cage and they, they lit him on fire. That's Those are the guys that yeah. I was over there killing and my guys are killing. Uh, people who torture people and set people on fire. I remember killing a few guys who would, you know, cut children's heads off and rape them and all those type of things. So I, those are the type of guys that uh, I was I was taking out. How do, how do you know that those guys that you killed actually were doing that kind of thing? That they weren't just oh, fighting we, us, but they were actually... Oh, we'd watch them for a long, long time. Really? Oh, really? Yeah. It's either through uh, drones or we just observe them. A lot of it was... Uh, yeah. we, we have different ways of um, getting intel and finding out what you do on a day-to-day basis, but uh, we knew right. long in advance what they were doing for you know uh, quite some time. Right. Everybody, if you're just tuning in, I got the Reaper in the building. I want to understand how he got the name the Reaper. I, I can understand that, but I, 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 I can guess how he got his name the Reaper, 33 kills in four months. Got him on the line. His book is called The Reaper. We got to talk about that. I want to talk about, um, you know, I want, I want to talk about Bo Bergdahl, you know, a couple things, because he was in Afghanistan. We'll talk a little Chris Kyle. We only have him for a few more minutes. So we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Changing the game in talk radio. Bringing you the best guests and hottest topics. Bit politics. Talk radio just got better. people we're back i got my man this guy i'm glad to have him on the hip politics team i'll tell you what nicholas Irvin in the building so nick this is this is like one of the most fascinating conversations i've had um since i've been doing this man this is this is this is amazing bro because i i mean you know it's not every day you get to talk to a sniper somebody that you know can legally kill. You like James Bond to a certain extent, right? You got a license I wish. to kill. <laughs> I wish I was James Bond. <laughs> you you just didn't have the women over there in Afghanistan. So you you were exactly. in Afghanistan, right? Right? You're in Afghanistan. Afghanistan. Oh, Afghanistan, Man. Iraq. Uh, yeah. So I did three yeah. three diplomas to Iraq and two to Afghanistan. So Afghanistan, man, that had to suck, bro. That had to suck. Oh, that looked. That looks, man. That looks like just a. That looks just like the armpit of the world, man. Oh yeah, I would agree with that. It, it, it's it's one of the worst places I've ever been to. Not just the mountain, yeah. the people were. Uh, the, the firefights were different. It was more violent, more intense. Uh, we would average yeah. a few hours, you know, per firefight. The longest one I was in was close to about twenty three, twenty four hour firefight. Pretty bad. Twenty four hour firefight, bro. Wow. Wow, but but we showed them who was boss, though. Oh yeah, oh definitely, we we killed a lot of people. Like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow, man. Well, we're glad you you made it back unscathed. Um, mm-hmm. I, I tell you what, man. O- over there in Afghanistan, so we had some big news. I got I got to go to the political front a little bit because 
we had some big news because, you know, we let out five of their guys to get one of ours back, this uh, Bo Bergo, right? Mm-hmm. You, yep. you remember you remember that guy, you know. Obviously, you know you you wouldn't have known him, but you you know the name, correct? I was over there. Yeah, I was I was over there when it happened. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. So from all accounts, from from everything that that I've seen, um, everybody that's a part of this guy's platoon, everybody's part of his unit says, you know, he kind of walked off, like he left his post. He, he he wasn't kidnapped by the enemy. He wasn't captured. He walked off his post. Is is that what you heard? Because I mean, you're right on the ground, so you would have heard about it. Oh yeah, that's what I know for a fact. You know that for a fact. Uh huh. Oh yeah. I was my my unit special operations, and we were, uh, mm-hmm. that was our job to you know learn different things, and and we were just uh, uh we we had a different uh, security clearance, so we knew a lot of different things. Okay. But, oh yeah, we knew for a long right. time before. You know, this was announced that he had walked off base. Wow. So, how do you feel? How how did, how did you feel? What was your reaction when? Okay, we're trading five five for one. He's coming back home. Um, not not to a hero's welcome, but I mean, obviously in much better conditions, and you know, not in jail. You know, what, what's your reaction when you see that? I think it's pretty disgusting. I mean, there's five known terrorists. It, you know, we traded for Bo Bergdahl, a guy who was a, essentially a traitor. And it didn't surprise me at all when I, you know, the news we had reported that one of the guys had tried to get back in contact with the Taliban. It's like these were right. some of the some of the worst five guys on the planet. And to have them back in society, that's just only going to do one thing, and that's just going to cause more attacks, more dead people. And we all, you know, we traded this for this Bergdahl guy. I don't, I don't agree with mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. What what do you think should have happened to uh, Bergdahl? Well, if we were going to do, should that we have trade, just left him? I, should we should we have just left him there or no? I would have had no problem leaving him there. Definitely. Is that right? He wanted, yeah, he wanted to stay. He wanted to go and 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 uh, play ping pong with the Taliban. I had no. I mean, that's what he wanted to do for a living. So leaving him there would have not affected any soldier that I know whatsoever. Right. And if we did trade those guys, it would have been. You know, pretty nice to see uh, a, a nice 500-pound bomb dropped on him the, the, as soon as we had released him. <laughs> and I, I'm sure most of the guys you know felt the same way, correct? Oh, yeah, definitely. Now, check this out. What most people don't know is, you know, your brother, you know, mm-hmm. and I didn't see – I haven't seen a lot of brothers in the pictures, and you know, from the, from the sniper unit, man. Oh, I was the only one. Only one. You're the only brother out there, huh? Yep. Only, I was the only one. I was the first one in my battalion uh, since 1980. Is that right? Yeah, since the 1980s, I was the first one. And then uh, the entire time I was there, I can't, I don't remember ever seeing another uh, another guy like me over there at all. What, what's that about, though, man? There's plenty of brothers in the military. I mean, what what, what is that about? What do you think? That's a tough one. I, I have no idea. I don't know if it's... Really? I mean, were you? But you were treated okay. I mean, were you? Were you treated like brother? You know, were these guys your brothers? Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, you're treated okay, oh, yeah. and you know, no, no, oh, no definitely. BS going on. Okay. No, I never right. had. Yeah, I never had any issues with the guys. It was just, uh, hey, can you shoot? Yeah. So yeah, it was just one of those things. No one even. That's what's about. up, man. I, I love it because you know, and and that because that leads me into some. I'm leading somewhere. You know, Nicholas, when you do what I do. Mm-hmm. 
you always your questions lead to a certain destination. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so oh, yeah. I'm leading somewhere because mm-hmm. our military, it seems like every time I turn around, it seems like our military does not dig this commander in chief. Yeah. And it, but the interesting thing to me, and I, I hope you can help me clarify this, right? Because mm-hmm. it seems to me that like this commander in chief, with he, he's done like way more drone strikes. You know, mm-hmm. he's killed a lot of freaking people. You know, on his oh, watch, yeah. you know, we've we've killed a ton of people. You know, regardless mm-hmm. of why, you know, the former commander in chief brought us into a war that basically was a bunch of BS. You know, mm-hmm. we get over there, and then we don't take the oil. We don't do it. You know, we don't get anything from it. We spent money, but we don't get anything out of it. But mm-hmm. this guy, the military, hates this guy. What What's up with that? What's the deal? I think it's because of the uh, the rules of engagement changed. I remember uh, we were usually allowed to not do what we wanted, but we wouldn't have to wait until we were shot at first before we could kill the guy uh, we were going after. And slowly mm-hmm. it started to change over to where, um, we had to get shot at first, and then it turned into we had to get shot at effectively before we could shoot someone back. We couldn't have any bombs dropped. I tried calling in a few bombs, and uh, they wouldn't do it mm-hmm. because it might damage someone else's home. Um, it's just I think it all boils down to the way we used to fight the war with boots on the ground. It was I'm not going to say just kill them all, but it was lax. It was really a relaxed rules of engagement, and then it turned to a very restricted. I have no I mean. As far as the, the drone strikes, hey, if the drones are killing people, I'm all about it. You know, it's, it saves American lives. A drone gets shot down, no one dies from it. And we can bomb away. Mm-hmm. I have no issue with, you know, carpet bombing. I don't know. Whatever they want to do. <laughs> right, right. But it, it just, it, it baffles me, man, why this why this president is just, it, it, he seems like he's just hated by by the, the, the rank and file of the military. And, and Shoot, for that matter, you know the the, mm-hmm. the you know the upper echelon as well. I mean, it just seems like he's mm-hmm. you know always being attacked, no matter what happens. You know, you guys yep. you guys snagged Bin Laden, you guys snagged you know the the top leaders of Al Qaeda, and it's it's still some you know some stuff on on him that everybody hates him. I, I, it's interesting to me. So oh, I, I, I didn't know. I, I agree. Uh, I, oh, I agree hundred percent too. I look at the whole situation and. I see it, you know. I see like, man, there's, there seems to be a lot of uh, a lot of people who hate our president right now. I, yeah. like I said, I have, I see it, but to call it out, I have no idea. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I didn't know because I, I, I guess you guys, when you're there, you don't get into the politics of the situation. Obviously, you, you guys don't, you don't necessarily care about the political implications because okay so anytime we're engaged in something okay there's always the political side you got the military side and and so on and so forth mm-hmm. right and they and they never really they don't they never really line up so to speak and and you guys mm-hmm. don't necessarily think about that you guys aren't saying well you know what if we drop a bomb in here and there are you know 50 innocent people let's just say um uh, mm-hmm. that get killed you, you guys don't care about how the news might, how what the news might be like all over the world. Our relationships with, you know, our um, our, our uh, Muslim allies. Let's say you don't give a mm-hmm. shit about that, do you? No, no. My job overseas. No. I mean, if, I, if someone died overseas that was innocent, I come back home and uh, look at you know a replay of what happened when the plane. You look at the 
the Boston mm-hmm. bombings, or things like that. Anything where, you know, uh, one of these terrorists have come over and and killed innocent people. So if if, if a few guys get hurt or die in a in a in a, in a bomb, uh, two ways. In the first place, hanging out with a known bad guy, he shouldn't have been there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's like if, if if I'm hanging out with Suge Knight or something like that, and I get shot, I'm not going to be surprised about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> speaking of Suge, he's locked, he's in jail now. So, oh, yeah. uh, you you uh, won't have to worry about that. But, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> but tell tell me this, man. What 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 did you think about the movie Sniper? Was it was it? Uh, uh, I mean, did it it rank true? Yeah, I, I definitely do. I think it. I think uh, he did a good job with it. I think Bradley Cooper played Chris pretty well, and uh, Clint Eastwood. I think he directed the whole movie of what you know. Essentially, our job is overseas. Really, fantastic! Oh yeah. So yeah, you know, do, you know Chris Kyle, right? right? No, I heard about him overseas. He was like a, a legend or something like that. I didn't believe that. You know, he. You know, I heard his kill count. And I thought it was unreal, but then when I found out that it was real, I had I was already back in uh, stateside. Had a few opportunities okay. to meet him, but our paths just never crossed. Um, right. The year I was supposed to meet him was the year he had died. Hmm. What was what was it about um, the the kill count that you just thought was unreal? Like you didn't believe it. Why why is that? Oh, this is like two hundred and fifty five. No one gets that. That's that's a that's a high kill count. That's two hundred fifty five is a lot. Is it really less than that's less than one a day in a year? Oh yeah, that's just, yeah, he he holds the record, and I think the world record uh, is some guy from it's a it's a guy from Finland. He got like five hundred and something. Five hundred and something. In what yeah, war? Was, what war was he in? Oh, this was. Uh, I want to say World War Two. World War Two. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Five hundred and something. So you guys learn about you guys learn about all these guys while you're going through sniper school, right? Oh yeah, definitely. You have to. It's uh, anybody who's got a big name in the sniper community, we have to know everything mm-hmm. about them. And yeah, definitely. Do snipers all have your own special technique, or is everybody basically doing the same thing? Or does, does or is there a style that you guys have? Like, do you have a different style than, you know, Chris Kyle? Let's say, you know, is, uh, it, is it does it, it work like yeah. that? It, uh, I'm not sure. I don't think there really is a different style. I may, I might have changed up a few things on how we operate as a team, but as far as um, anything significant, no. I mean. Yeah, sniping, sniping. I might have, you know, changed that. Right. Very few things that what he did, but at the end of the day, it was just, hey, uh, you know, the job and what we learned, we all learned the same exact thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is it, is it a preferable place to shoot someone? Is it the chest? Is it the head? What's the, what's the most preferred place? For me, I like the chest. Um, I've only shot maybe five people in the head. I, I can't recall the exact many- number, but definitely the chest. Why, why, why the chest over the head? Is it just bigger, bigger oh, target? Bigger target, and it doesn't move around as much. Um, like if someone's talking mm-hmm. to somebody, they have a lot of head movement and stuff like that. And I don't want to take that risk of missing a head, but mm-hmm. opposed to a body, you can you can talk all you want and do whatever, but your you know the center of your chest is always going to stay, you know, pretty much stagnant. Right. You guys don't count misses, do you? No, 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 definitely not. So misses, just, I didn't miss you, often. You no, know, just a, a couple yeah, times, though, maybe. 
It was it, it was it was an option a couple of times. A couple of times, yeah. Missed, yeah, I yeah. Didn't, definitely didn't miss often. Man, man. So, like, so now it's like you're desensitized pretty much to shootings, right? So you hear these shootings that go on with the police and all this other stuff. What, what are your thoughts? Like, what 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 goes through your mind? You you know you you know you have we you know there's all these encounters with you know young black men, police, and all this other stuff getting killed. Like, mm-hmm. are you just completely desensitized to this stuff, or is there a part of you that just says, "Wow, this is you know I'm home now. This is a totally different scenario. This is freaking sad." Uh, both, I guess. Usually, I really don't care. <clears throat> it is what yeah. it is. People die every day. Um, I mean, we're just a, uh, there's billions of people on the planet and people die every day. So th- one that's publicized, I think it just, mm-hmm. you know, it gets a little bit more attention, but the the 50 people who died in that same, in, you know, that same county or that same uh, state is not publicized, but yet 50 other people died. And when it comes to like, I've only felt something I want to say during, I, maybe it was the, uh, the New York incident where the guy got choked out, Eric Garner. Eric, I thought that Eric was Garner, fact, yeah. But, yeah. That one was kind yeah. of like, man, wow. You know, he didn't even do anything. Um, the other shootings, I look at what happened, and I'll mm-hmm. wait until the evidence comes out. And if the evidence shows, I mean, there's only one way you can get gunpowder on your hand, and there's only one way this can happen. And I'm the same right. way. I carry, I live in Texas right now, and, you know, I carry my gun every day. And if my right. sister grabbed my gun, and, you know, I'm shooting her too. So, yeah. <laughs> Nick, man, wow. Slow down, bro. <laughs> oh, it's just, so, it's just uh, yeah. If someone goes so, so with, gun, with Michael Brown, yeah. so with Michael Brown, you didn't feel anything. You you didn't you know you weren't like you know that you know that that was that was jacked up. No, if if, wow. if he went for the guy's gun, I mean, uh-huh. I'm not. What was he gonna do with the gun? If, if if someone broke into my house and tried to get my gun. Or anything. If I'm walking down the street or I'm going to Walmart and someone's stealing from my gun, you have one intention, and that's to cause harm on me. You just don't want to see it and say, oh, man, this is a nice Glock. No. If the evidence came out, there's only one way, I believe, you can get gunpowder on your hands, and I've seen a lot of people get shot, um, mm-hmm. hundreds of people. But I think if, if you're going for my gun, I don't know why you wouldn't get shot. Why, Let why me ask you this, person? man. Before you, Before you, you know, did your deployments, right? Five, six deployments. Did the the Nicholas Irvin before the the deployments, would he have felt the same way? I have no idea what that guy even feels like, to be honest, anymore. That was a that was a long time ago. I don't remember what it feels like not to be who I am today. It's uh right. I don't know. I have no idea I have no idea. I don't know I, I, it feels like I've always been like this, so I don't I have no idea. Really? How, how did the how, how did your deployments affect you? Uh, it really didn't. It was um it was it was a time to get away from you know home and actually go out mm-hmm. and do my job and you know get paid a little bit more. But that was pretty much it. It didn't really affect me. The only time I've ever been affected by war was when uh one I saw one of my guys get shot. And he died. Um, it was the guy who saved my life. That was the only time I was ever mentally affected. And what was what what happened? You said he saved your life. What what happened? Oh, we were pinned down by an enemy sniper and surrounded uh, in a three sixty ambush for a few hours. It was about four hours pinned down and surrounded. And that's yeah, that's when he came in and saved our lives. So 
about five wow. minutes after that is when I saw him die. Wow. Wow. Hmm. Man, that's got to go with you, man. That's got to go with you. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Hey, um, tell everybody about the book, man. Oh, yeah, the book's out there. It's, uh, I want to say on the, on February 15th is when everybody will find out uh, the New York Times bestseller list. Uh, it's already made the New York Times bestseller. They're just waiting to announce it publicly. But it's made Congrats, uh, man. Top, 10, all right. top 10 in all three categories. Man, congrats on that, bro. That's awesome. Okay. Awesome. So, we, you, bro, what do you think? You think we're going to get a Reaper movie or what? That's already in the works, too. They just, uh, the Weinstein Company. Yeah, Weinstein Look. Company and Miramax already bought out the rest. That's big. Uh, That's big. Out. The Weinstein Company and Miramax. You know what? They did Top Gun, oh, yeah. bro. I know this for a fact. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It tied yeah. In a lot of good I know movies, this for yeah. a fact. It, Man, look at you. You're going, dude, you go on Hollywood. Look at this. Hey, I got a suggestion. Why don't, why don't you put this it, put this interview in the movie, man? We'll okay, make a yeah, lot definitely. Of money there you go. There you go. <laughs> you know, hey, I had to I, I just had to throw that in there, man. But I I'm that that's fantastic, bro. Because I think you you give man, you give a different you know, I mean Chris has his perspective. You know, from from where mm-hmm. he is, and 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 I, but I think you give, you know, you have your own unique perspective as well. I mean, mm-hmm. and for God's sake, man, they called you the Reaper. How'd you get the name the Reaper? I by that time I had I was it was it was, it was intense. I was uh yeah. killing a lot of people, and uh, one wow. of my friends just called me the Angel of Death overseas, and then turned into the Reaper. Wow, wow! You, I bet you have the tattoo of the Grim Reaper, don't you? I don't know that for a fact. But I figured that, man. I figured that. Okay. Okay. Man. Nick, man, I got to admit, I, I got to let you go, bro. But um, mm-hmm. I, I tell you, this has been one of the most interesting, fascinating conversations that that I've had um, since I've been on the radio, man. I, I think, um, you know, I, I want to say, yeah, that's a great thing, man. I want to say thanks so much for your service. My friend, and oh, no you know, man, I, 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 but I, but I really hope, man, that you're, you know, that you're getting everything you need as one of our veterans, man, because I see the vets don't, you know, it's, you know, it's an afterthought a lot of times, man. Okay. So, uh, you know, I hope you're getting everything oh, you need, man. And, definitely. uh, you know, with the book and the movie, you're definitely getting what you deserve, my friend. And hey, don't, don't get too big to come back to hip politics. How about that? Oh, of course not. Of course not. <laughs> never stays the same that's it man I'm going to hit you up on Facebook do me a favor hold the line for a second uh, Chester wants mm-hmm. to talk to you real quick okay thanks so much for being here all man right. appreciate you alright everybody you got it buddy Nicholas Irving man the Reaper man fascinating discussion loved it uh, also loved our first guest Steph thank you for being here thank you guys for being here hope you enjoyed this discussion um fascinating you can go back to blog talk radio check it out watch it um not watch it listen to it you know and uh you know fascinating fascinating uh we'll have him back because i have so many more questions appreciate him appreciate you guys don't forget follow us on uh facebook um follow us on twitter give us a like on facebook we are at hip politics h-i-p-o-l-i-t-i-x we're here every thursday 
8 p.m. Don't let what others say or think distract you from your destiny. Never forget that. We appreciate you. Never settle for the status quo. Keep reaching for the sky. That's what hip politics is all about. Till next week, everybody. Peace and love. Or just have a seat and listen to the way you what I am displaying a different kind of